morning, we are in part three of our series entitled Relational Status. We're going to be looking at verses 17 through 24 this morning of chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. And in our lives, we have different stages that we go through. Now, some of the chapters in our book, we really, really enjoy and we like and we'll often revisit them from the glory days of sports to travel and vacation and experiences that we've had in our lives. Other chapters, however, are not so pleasant. We don't enjoy those so very much. Now, as a human being, we are relational beings and most of our lives' great joys will come from relationships. But interestingly enough, most of our lives' heartaches and greatest struggles do as well come from relationships with other people. You know, we battle loneliness as a single, and then we battle the auditory overload of a full house. When coming to faith in Jesus, often we think of how our relationship with God will change our situation in life. And we think, well, if I put my faith in in God, then that's going to change my situation. This thing that I'm struggling, struggling with, or this situation that I'm facing. And often, God will choose to change the person in the situation as opposed to the situation of the person. And quite honestly, that can be quite difficult for us to swallow, for us to comprehend, for us to accept but only initially. But as God is true to His promise to you in completing the work which He started in you, you will find that God will draw out of your life those weaknesses and forge into you His strength. You know, I love the Marines. We support our military. I had friends in the armed services, armed forces, and have served our country. And I love the motto that weakness is pain leaving, or pain is weakness leaving the body. Never will forget that. First time I ever saw that, I was like, that's absolutely true. Pain is weakness leaving the body. And the same thing applies for us spiritually, too, when we go through those difficult times and we go through those struggles and we have those things that happen in our lives that cause us to cry out to God. That is the weakness leaving our body. Things that come to the surface in our lives are actually things that we're weak in and that we struggle with and the Lord is drawing those things out of us so that we might deal with them and rely on Him and replace those weaknesses with His strength. He gives us each our own lives and our own gifts and our own callings and I was reminded of that as we were dedicating all these children to the Lord today. How every single one of them is special in the sight of the Lord. And how that the Lord has created each of them individually and that no life is accidental and that every life has purpose and every life has a plan by God built in. Each have different stages. Each of us have different stages in our lives as we grow and as we mature and develop further into the men and women that God has created us to be. As it says in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5, listen to this. Paul wrote and said, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. From our personal faith in Jesus, we find, we find that in Him we have everything that we need and are completely sufficient to handle anything that this world might throw at us. We can take care of it. 
We can handle it, not in our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. Being single, being married, God has us covered. And as we continue this study, as Paul's been addressing relationships, we have just two points yet again on this Sunday morning. And point number one is this, be all there. Be all there. In verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 7, it says, But God has distributed to each one. As the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. Now listen, for those of you that are single here today, those of you that aren't dating, you're not married, the Lord has bestowed upon you your singleness for this time. And the Lord has bestowed upon you who are married your marriage for this time. Because being single ends when you get married, and being married ends when death do you part. Nothing in this life lasts forever. So walk upon the path that the Lord has called you upon. So often, we're here in this position, and we're always looking over there. You know, and it doesn't help that we're social media addicts, too, and that we subconsciously scroll through Instagram, not even thinking about what we're even looking at. It's just become subconscious, where we just flip. Are you even looking at any of those things? And you're like, well, I'm watching TV as I'm just scrolling through, or whatever it might be. And... My contentment goes out the window because of all the comparison that I'm doing. All the things that I'm blessed with seem to be insignificant because now I'm looking at all these other things that everybody else has. And so the things that God has blessed me with don't seem that great anymore because I want those things over there. Where has God called you to be? I've asked myself that question too rhetorically. (laughs) Garrett, where has God called you to be? What has he called you to do? It's good to have those moments of self-reflection and to be thinking about, all right, what's the real purpose of life? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? I mean, for ages we've heard the grass is not greener on the other side of the hill, so to speak, or, or some other analogy to describe that it's not always better over there. And so often we don't take the blessings that God has given us right now, we don't take those things and run with them and be thankful for them. We take them for granted, and that's not good. That's not good. The Lord has given you exactly what you need. You might think, well, I don't know about that. Well, if he's called you to be single, then be single unto God. If he's called you to be married, then be married unto God. You might ask yourself, well, how in the world do I know if I'm called to be married or called to be single then? Well, what are you right now? If you're single, then be single unto the Lord. If you're married, well, how do I know if I'm, if I'm supposed to be married or single? I'm married right now. Well, let me just tell you, newsflash, if you're married, you're called to be married right now. The only thing that you are not called to be continuing in for, surely God didn't call you to do this, is, is live in sin. If you're in sin now, then you are to repent and turn from that and find forgiveness and faith in Jesus. You don't continue in that calling because that's not a calling from the Lord. That separates you from him. You know, I'm sorry that I've sought to rush through so many things in my life. And, you know, as we get older, you know, you always are hearing the older people tell the younger people, hey, man, I remember what it was like when I was like that, and I wish I wouldn't have done this, and I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I would have just taken it slower and enjoyed every moment of it. 
I wish that I would have learned those things. I mean, for me, like in high school and college, I got good grades. It was just one of those things, but I was a good test taker. It was one of those things where, you know, if I, if I wasn't able to, to do all my homework, somehow, you know, it was, hey, for the test, I, I could do a good job. But then you get older, and then when I went to grad school, and it was for business and that kind of thing, afterwards you're like, man, I wish that I would have taken my experience level now and then taken the, the knowledge and study and all this kind of stuff that I was supposed to be gleaning back then and had this attitude about it, not just get a good grade and move on to the next thing. Or, you know, when you have kids, and, and many of us have children, and you see how fast they grow. You know, I can't tell you how many times my mom has said, you used to be like Harrison. You know, like that kind of thing. You know, and you see how fast my son Hudson's going to be nine already. Ava's going to be six. I mean, Harrison's already a month old, and he already smiled at his dad. I mean, how amazing is that? And, uh, and they get so big so fast. You know, when you have your first child, you're just trying to survive. Like, that's it. You know, you're just like, oh, don't mess it up. Don't, don't kill the baby. You know, like, don't, you know, he's had his diaper on for five minutes now. I don't know if this is right or not. And you call the emergency room and you're like, I don't know. And, and, and you're freaking out. And then you have your next child, you know, baby number two comes. And, and you feel like, well, I think I can handle this a little bit better, you know. But then you start to realize that if your spouse isn't there, you're completely outnumbered. And, and this isn't good at all because they tag team on you like they're WWF wrestlers. And they tag themselves in and tag themselves out. And then you have three. And then for us, we found like, wow, you know what? Being 37 is a lot different than being 28 when you had your first child, at least for us and our family. And so we're starting to see like how many things we tried to rush through back in the day we're trying to enjoy now. And see, God has different seasons for us in life in general. Things that we wish away are actually things that the Lord can do great things during that time. I don't want to feel like I've missed out on fully enjoying God's blessings in the now because I needed to get to the next thing. To the next thing. Being a very driven person, my personality, goal-oriented, we tend to just be like, hey, just tick the box of that accomplishment, move to the next thing, and you never enjoy the right now. You never enjoy what God is doing at this moment because you just want to get to the next thing. And that's why when we're going through this message this morning, point number one was be all there. Be all there. One thing that we don't want to rush is our relationships. We don't want to get out ahead of God's plan for our lives because we just don't know how to be still and know God. Lord, I got to be doing something or, you know, there's something ah, all the time. You know what? It's okay to be still. Sometimes we don't want to be still because then we have to think. And then you're alone with your thoughts and maybe you have things in your past that you've never worked out or you have problems or struggles and you, you feel like, well, if I, if I keep myself occupied and if I'm always busy doing something, then I, I don't have to really deal with those things. You're going to have to eventually, the Lord will bring those to the surface. You have to deal with those things. You're going to come to a point where you're going to see those things come to the surface and they need to be given to the Lord and be replaced with His strength. We don't want to get out ahead of God's plan because we don't know how to be still and know that He is God. Now, as long as we are alive, there's hope. 
As long as you're breathing, there is a future for you. It doesn't matter how young or how old. Jeremiah 29, 11, as you know it, but I'll read it from the New Living Translation. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. We bring upon ourselves the disastrous consequences of rejecting God and disobeying His commands. Maybe we'd wish that there was another way around it, but there isn't. That's, that's the bottom line. You either obey God and you reap the blessings of those good decisions, or you disobey God and the disastrous things befall us. Yet, regardless of our mistakes, regardless, if I might even put this personally, for your mistakes, God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. You're not washed up. You're not too out of it. You're not too old. Guys, listen, the end can be greater than the beginning. The way you finish can be stronger than the way that you started. Be the best person and do the greatest things you can unto the Lord right now. Like right now. Sometimes we're like, oh, you don't know what happened in my past and you don't know what I've done. Hey, forget that. That's water under the bridge. The Bible tells us that God has separated your sin from you because of your faith in Jesus. And so often we live our lives with the past projected on our future. It's done. Be here. Be here. Right now. What's happening? Grow where the Lord has planted you. And don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by the there for now. Don't be distracted so that you don't fully maximize the here because of what's over there. Well, look at that. Be right here. Be right now. And let the Lord take care of your future and you will be filled with hope. We become despondent and are filled with despair when we think, I have to do all of these things and it's beyond me. It's impossible for me. And so naturally, we do lose hope. That's why, you know, they have that genre, which I don't frequent, of movies called horror films where there's no hope, where it seems like the bad guy's gonna win. There's no future. Nothing is good. That's what life is like without hope. The Lord says, I've given you a future and a hope. Maybe you don't have hope today. But I'm gonna give you an opportunity at the end of our service today to give your life to Jesus to be forgiven of your sins, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to begin a personal relationship with God. Maybe you think it's just so random that you're even at church here today. It's not. The Lord ordained for you to be here to hear this very thing. And sometimes we think that God needs to change our situation and not the person in the situation, which is us. Lord, change my situation. If you don't change my situation and make it snappy, then I'm out of here. Listen, more often than not, God doesn't change the situation. He changes the person that's in the situation. So be all 
here? What does God want you to learn at this point? What is God going to do that is beyond you right here, right now? You're living in the place you don't want to live. Why is the Lord allowing that when you love him and you're seeking him and you're desiring to do what he's called you to do? What does he want to accomplish in your life at this point right now that couldn't be accomplished unless these situational occurrences were exactly the way that they are? Paul says in verse 18, was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Now, in this Greek audience, being circumcised was synonymous with being a Jew because circumcision was of the law of Moses. So Paul says, if you were called to follow Jesus while being a Jew, you don't need to not be a Jew. You don't need to change your ethnicity. If you were called as a Greek, you don't need to no longer be a Greek. See, what's interesting about this, that it levels the playing field for everyone in regards to being righteous before God or good enough to get into heaven. See, going to heaven is a concern for everyone. The Jews' righteousness was based upon works and keeping the law of Moses, circumcision, etc. For the Greeks, there were myriads of false gods, and we've been reading about them here in, in, in Corinthians. All these different false gods that were worshipped, and you were constantly trying to appease the gods that weren't real. And then once knowing the God of the Bible, Jesus, and the history of the Jewish people, the Greeks could have felt at a slight disadvantage before God. Now, hey, the Jews are God's chosen people, and I'm not Jewish. But we saw that through Jesus that all walks of life became brothers and sisters, became fellow members with the saints of the household of God. But this could be similar how similar to how people may feel that don't go to church. And maybe they think, well, you know what? All those church people over there have it all together, and they're the ones that God really, really loves. And, you know, me on the outside, I kind of feel like I'm at a slight disadvantage. Well, if you feel like that today, understand that that is not true. See, people inside the church need Jesus just as much as those outside the church need Jesus because without him, we are separated from God and lost in our sins. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so there is no separation. The playing field is level for everyone. All have sinned. All fall short of God's perfect standards. But yet God still has called us. And that's why Paul says in verse 19, continuing on, that circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. That's it. So you can be unreligious or very religious, but neither matter if you're not keeping the commandments of God. I'm Lutheran. I'm Catholic. I'm Protestant. I'm Christian. I'm a good person. None of it matters if you're not keeping the commandments of God. None of it. There are men and people that consider themselves Christians or would say that they have a personal relationship with God. However, Jesus said, and you've heard this before, but I'll read it, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He does the will. That's why he says, 
hey, religious, unreligious, doesn't matter. What matters is keeping the commandments of God. Keeping his commandments. Some disobey and try to make up for their disobedience by sacrificing. You know, giving something up to be in God's books, good books again, so to speak. Okay, you know, I really blew it, so this time I'm going to do like these 10 good deeds and that will help my, my ledger balance out because I'm in the red right now. I need to get back in the black. I need to get back in the good books of God. So, you know, a couple old ladies across the street, you know, isn't that the stereotype? Um, you know, I'll open the door, I'll uh, help with something that, you know, needs helping and whatever it might be, as if that was the criteria for making yourself right with God. And hey, that's how I counterbalance my disobedience. That's how I level those scales, you know, right? Because you got to be a good person to go to heaven, right? You got to have more good deeds than bad deeds. And, you know, what did Samuel say to King Saul? 1 Samuel 15, 22, Saul disobeyed the commandments of God deliberately. And Samuel told him, the prophet said, the Lord, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Basically saying, do you think that the Lord delights in your sacrifices and you trying to cover it and make up for it as much as he just would like you to listen to what he says he goes on and states behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams means they offered an actual sacrifice oh you know i'm really really sorry i did these you know this bad stuff i need to offer a sacrifice to the lord no he says Obeying is better to begin with. The Lord delights in our obedience to him, and when we're obedient to the Lord, there is great joy and reward. So be all here. If the Lord's calling you to be right here, wherever that is for you guys, be there as obedience to the Lord. Because let me tell you this, Satan, your enemy, wants to lead you out of the center of God's perfect will for your life. And he knows that if he can lead you out of God's perfect will for you, regardless of how that might look to us, because honestly, sometimes God's blessings just don't look the way we think they should look, and God's love doesn't communicate itself the way we think it should be communicating to us, but that's because we don't know everything, and that's quite honestly because we're stupid, and we don't get it. We don't see the big picture. Our knowledge of the situation is very, very small. So don't lean on your own understanding of what you think the situation is or what you think's happening behind the scenes. Trust the Lord with all of your heart and know that he'll direct your path. So be all here. And then secondly, and our final point this morning is be all in. Be all in. Now, (laughs) I, I was laughing when I was thinking about this because we've all been in situations where we were physically there but mentally checked out, haven't we? You know, traffic school or the DMV or maybe like here in church today. You know, off in your own la-la land, winning your own Oscars of some sort. But if we're going to be all here, then we should be all in with what God is calling us to do. Okay, Lord, you have me here, so help me be all in now. So be all here, be all in. Because reluctantly, we'll follow the Lord, where it's like, oh, Lord, I'm not willing to do this. You don't want to be in the place where you won't go willingly, but he makes you willingly to go. 
Let each one, he says in verse 20, remain in the same calling in which he was called. Are you single? Are you married? What's your background? Your history? Your family? See, a calling from the Lord is a very, very special thing. And again, more often than not, when the Lord calls you to follow him, it's you who changes, not the world around you. That's usually secondary. Because then the Lord will use you to change your situation instead of changing the situation to change you. And the thing is, is that the Lord's concerned with your first and foremost relationship with him. So Paul's writing to the church and telling them as we're receiving this today that you can fulfill the calling that the Lord has on your life as a Greek or as a Jew, as a free man, as a slave, as a boss, as an employee. It doesn't matter where you're at. On the broad spectrum of life, you can fulfill God's calling. You can be successful wherever you're at. Now, how amazing is that? Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, Paul said, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because you might be like, get me out of this situation! Ah, whatever it might be, I can't take this anymore! And it's more like, what's the situation going to get out of you? You turn the heat up to the right temperature and stuff starts percolating that you had no idea was even there. You can fulfill the call of God on your life right now. You don't need to move your house. You don't need to change your job. Remember, I'm right here and I'm always looking, all right, what's over there, what's over there? Be all here and be all in right there. The Lord can fulfill, you can fulfill the Lord's calling on your life right now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next month. You can do it right this moment. Because you may move. You may change your job. But just because that may happen in the future, does that mean that you're not able to serve the Lord and be greatly used by Him in your current situation? Wherever you're at, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Now, in the context of this letter that was written to the church in Corinth, slavery was a very real thing, and it wasn't any better back then than it is now. But God can use you even in slavery. So what you're saying is that God can use you greatly in your worst scenario. That's mind-blowing. Because we'll think, oh, God forsook me, or God's not concerned with me. No, he's very concerned with you. And God can use you greatly even in the worst time of your life. He says in verse 21, were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it. If we put a modern spin on this, in your current job were you saved? Well, be a light there. In your family that is anti-God, be a witness there to them. 
You may be a part of the family of God, but your family is your mission field because you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives. As a slave, they already knew spiritually they had been set free and now they were bond servants of Christ. They would do what was right with a right attitude for their bosses as a sign of their conversion. They would work in some of the most terrible environments in a way that would honor the Lord. If they were made free and if they were the boss now, they would use their position for the glory of God and be a good boss. In verse 22, For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Do you understand that, what we just read there? Remember, there's times and seasons for everything. This life is short. It doesn't last. Soon it will be past. Things grow. They get old. They die. New life comes up, and it's the cycle of life that we've seen since the beginning of time. And we're not going to change that until we're out of here. Where the Lord gives us our new bodies, our glorified bodies. Where we see Him face to face. This morning, uh, fairly early, I got a text from one of our, our families here. Uh, George and Diana. George is an elder in our church. And he had his first grandson, Henry. And he was a trisome 18 little, little guy who wasn't supposed to live past the pregnancy. And then a year went by. And two years went by. And this kid was just like this little miracle. Just doing these amazing things. He even started smiling at his dad. And, and uh, I remember I went and visited him and, and saw this little guy. You know, he, he, missing some of his, his body parts. And, and it, he just had a, had a real, real, real sweet spirit. And I got the text that today, March 5th, at three years old and two months old, his heart stopped and he couldn't be revived. And he went home to be with the Lord. Lately, it says that he was laughing. He wasn't even supposed to be alive to begin with. George said he knew well of the love all around him and we will know him in heaven. He was truly a small ambassador from another kingdom. And you think about that. And you think about how that little guy who was trapped in the confines of his physical condition has been now set free and is in his glorified body, free from all of those things in the presence of God. That's the future. That's the hope. We have that hope because of our faith in Jesus. We hold on to those truths found in God's word when we're in those situations that we're like, get me out of here. But be all here. Be all in. Lord, I know that sometimes the paths of righteousness lead through the valleys of shadow and death. They lead me beside still waters and they lead me through the shadow of death. Lord, I I'm going to be led by you. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he set us free from being slaves to sin. 
Being a slave to sin, that is the worst employer you could ever have. That taskmaster, that slave driver. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life controlled by our enemy, Satan. But we were bought with a price, which was Jesus' life. So, in conclusion, may we unanimously say that we will not allow ourselves to be influenced by that which is against God. But rather, we will remain faithful to our Master, to our Savior, and to our Lord, Jesus Christ. That wherever I'm at, and Lord, I will grow where I'm planted. I will be all here. I will be all in. I will not be checking myself out from my marriage. I will not be checking out myself from my relationship with you. I will not be checking out from the work that God wants to do in my life and through my life. Lord, I'm all in. And may we honor him in whatever state that we're in. May we be all there. May we be all in for the glory of God, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today is the day that you make that decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Today is the day where you no longer mess around and goof off and do all of these things that, never meant, that were never even created or meant to bring you lasting happiness. To choose these things over where you spend eternity is the worst decision that any of us could ever make. This world is passing away. Life does not last forever here on this earth. So choose the things that do last. Choose to put your faith in Jesus today. If you've walked away from the Lord, and maybe, again, this is one of those things where I haven't been to church in so long and I'm here today, what are the chances of these things happening? Well, I'd say they're very good because of God who loves you and is concerned with where you spend eternity. Put your faith in Jesus today. Give your life to him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to give you, as I mentioned earlier in our service, that I'm going to give you that chance that no matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, that you today can be made alive spiritually and experience the great joy that comes from knowing the God who created you. This isn't religiosity. This isn't, you know, change your behavior. This is right now the Lord touches who you are on the inside and then he takes care of everything out from there. So we're going to pray, and then I'm going to invite those of you that have walked away from the Lord to come back to him. For those of you that have never put your faith in Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, or you'll see this podcast later on down the road, that if you've never put your faith in God, and you know you've sinned, you know you've done things that are wrong, because we already know the playing field is level for everybody. We've all sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. You need that forgiveness of sin that comes only through faith in Jesus. You know that when you die, you'll go to heaven. Not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus has already done. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. And thank you, Lord, for this family, this church, this group of people, Lord, that have gathered together on this Sunday to hear from you. We thank you for all the families that came out, Lord, to support the families that were up on stage here dedicating their children to you. And Lord, I ask, Lord, for those that might be joining us today that do not know you personally as their Lord and Savior. 
Lord, that they understand that they've done wrong things. Maybe they would even say to themselves, well, who hasn't? Everyone's done wrong things. Lord, that's actually what your word says. And they're relaying that right now. I pray that today there would not be one man or woman that leaves this place that doesn't know you or that has walked away from you without coming back to you or giving their life to you today. And with every eye closed and head bowed, very simply, nobody looking around, if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, but you've heard these things, you've heard what God's word says as we've read through it, and you know that inside your life that there's something missing, inside your life that you know that you need to be right with God and you would like to be forgiven of your sins and have those wrong things removed from your life and to be able to start a new life today, then very simply as your own man, as your own woman, I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand right now and say, yes, that's me. I would like to give my life to Jesus today. Would you just hold your hand up please right now? Because I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer and I'm going to pray for you right now. Just hold your hand up. Anybody else? Just, just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. Also today, if you've walked away from the Lord and you know that you need to come back to him today, would you just raise your hand as well and say, yes, you know what? I used to walk with the Lord, but I've backslidden. I've walked away and I need to recommit my life to the Lord. Would you raise your hand too right now so I can see it? And I'd like to pray for you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Father, I pray for these that have raised their hands, Lord, and Lord, you've spoken to their hearts, and Lord, I even pray for those that didn't raise their hands, and Lord, you still spoke to them, and they know that they need to get right with you. I pray that today that they would make that decision to honor you and to commit their life to you right now. And for those of you that know that you need to be right with the Lord today, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And I'm going to ask that you would just repeat this prayer after me and mean it in your heart and pray this. Dear Jesus, I know that I have sinned. Would you forgive me of my sin and fill me with your Holy Spirit? I thank you that you love me, even knowing everything about me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you have forgiven me of all my sin. Would you fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and give me your strength that I may be who you've created me to be and help me to be all here and to be all in what you've called me to do. For I commit my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for those that have prayed that prayer today. And Lord, we rejoice, Father, because the angels in heaven say that anytime somebody turns from their sin and puts their faith in Jesus, that the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice today. Lord, I pray for those that have made that commitment, Lord, that you would help them now as they start this new journey with you. And Lord, we pray for our church, our families, for the needs that are represented here. Lord, we pray for the Brocade family. We pray that you'd comfort them and help them during this time, Lord, where they mourn and they grieve the loss of their loved one. Lord, we thank you that Henry's in heaven and that we will see him one day. 
And Lord, what a glorious thing that will be. And so, Father, for us as a church, for us as individuals, Lord, may we be all in. Lord, you have us in different seasons, and sometimes they're pleasant, sometimes they're not so pleasant. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, but Lord, we know that you give, you take away, and we say, blessed be your name. Help us, Lord, to trust you with all of our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be those men and women that you've created us to be. Lord, we ask for these things in Jesus' name.